Shalom and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. Each and every monarch butterfly is on a journey. A journey that spans 3,000 miles, all the way from Mexico in the south to Canada in the north, and then back again. It is one of the longest migrations undertaken by any mammal, by any animal, and the longest of any insect. But what is most remarkable and most unusual about the monarch migration is that no one monarch completes the journey. Each annual migration happens over the course of three to four generations. One generation goes as far north as it can and then lays its eggs on a milkweed plant. After a few days, a caterpillar hatches, eats the milkweed, and eventually picks up just where the parents left off. And after the northward progress of three successive generations, the great-grandson or granddaughter monarch finally reaches its destination. This week in Parashat Kitavo, one of the very last portions in the entire Torah, we find the Israelites on the precipice of their final destination. The generation who escaped slavery in Egypt, who wandered in the desert for 40 years, has died out. And this new generation of Israelites is about to inherit the land that their parents and grandparents could only dream of. We read about how Moses gives them instructions for how to live, how to behave once they arrive. Of course, Moshe too will not reach that destination. And there's just one instruction I want to focus on tonight, the Bikurim, the first fruits of their harvest. Moses instructs the Israelites, You shall take the first fruit of the soil, which you harvest from the land that Adonai, your God, is giving you. And you shall give it to the priests. Give the first fruit to the priests as a way of showing thanks for the bounty of your new land. And what a lovely gesture of gratitude this is. But I contend that equally important are the words that Moses instructs them to recite when they offer those first fruits. Arami Oved Avi, Vayered Mitzraima, Vayigarsham Binte Maat, Vayhisham Legoi Gadol Atsum Varav. My father was a wandering Aramean. He went down to Egypt with meager numbers and sojourned there. But there he became a great and very populous nation. The Egyptians oppressed us. They imposed heavy labor upon us. We cried to Adonai, the God of our fathers, and God heard our plea and saw our plight. They're supposed to recite this whole thing. Um, God heard our misery and our oppression. God brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Wherefore, I now bring forth the first fruits of the soil, which you, O Lord, have given me. End quote. Before enjoying the fruits of their labor, which, by the way, were probably helped along in their growth by pollinators like butterflies, 
But before enjoying the fruits of their labor, the Israelites had to invoke the memory of their ancestors. Arami Oved Avi, my father was a wandering Aramean. They had to remember the struggles and the tribulations of their ancestors, the, the struggles they'd gone through generation after generation that had led them to the blessing and the bounty that they themselves enjoyed. And each of us sitting here tonight is the beneficiary of some generation past. Our ancestors who came to this country in, source, in search of a better life, who left their homeland and toiled so that we would be better off than they were, who lived out the ideal expressed by John Adams, who said, I must study politics and war, that my sons may have liberty to study mathematics and philosophy. My sons ought to study mathematics and philosophy, geography, natural history, naval architecture, navigation, commerce, and agriculture in order to give their children a right to study painting, poetry, music, architecture, statuary, tapestry, and porcelain. Maybe some of those toiling away are not just, are not just generations past, but are you, are us, working to leave a better world for our children, no matter where one individual life falls in the journey of the generations. We as Jews are part of an eternal project stretching all the way back to, the, to that desert, to Sinai, and reaching, if we are up to the task, into the future. An ark that strives to bend toward holiness, toward a world free of suffering, a world of shleimut and shalom, of wholeness and peace. Yet the forward progress of each successive generation is not guaranteed. Last year, one of the most bountiful and beautiful species in North America, the monarch butterfly, was placed on the endangered species list. Our development and our herbicide use has decimated the milkweeds that the monarchs depend on. But as humans, we have the power to act, to change. And as Jews, we have a responsibility to do so. In the words of Rabbi Tarfon in Pirkei Avot, Lo alecha hamlecha ligmor, velo ataben horin levatel mimena. While none of us is required to complete the work of repairing the world, Neither are we free to desist from it. And while we must recognize the contributions we inherited, as the Torah instructs this week, we must also consider what seeds we are sowing for those yet to come, what fruit they might bear from the world we leave behind. This Shabbat, we're only two weeks away from Rosh Hashanah, our season of Teshuvah, literally a season of turning and returning to the right path along our journey. Will we bring honor to the memory of our ancestors who strove so that we might have a life well lived? Will we inch ever closer so that our children or their children can spread their wings and finally reach that promised land? Kenihiratzon, may it be God's will.